the Indigenous Environmental Network. He's uh, head of the energy programs there. And um, great. Um, we'll get Charmaine Whiteface on the phone soon enough yeah. if I can ever get her phones disconnected. So yeah, we. I mean, the exciting times, and we've got a lot to talk about. And yeah. at some point, I'd like to talk about the fact that just this week, Dick DeVos basically blamed Michigan's economic problems on environmental extremists. Wow. So maybe we can discuss that. Maybe he can help us with get some nuclear power. I, for this Alex the environment. is giving us the wrap up. So I think see, we're out of please time. Please go and see Oscar Santion this. Saturday, May 27th at 7.30 p.m. at the Unitarian Universalist Church, 4001. For Ali Transboy Bratton, I am Sharmi Golson. Please remember me, Takuyo Yasin. All my relations, we are all related. See you next It's 6.30, and this is WCBN-FM. My name's Arwolf, and I'm filling in for Mike Perini. His show is called Pandora's Lunchbox. My show, which normally starts at 7 and runs till 8, is called Face the Music. When I cover for Mike Perini, it's called Pandora's Face. Welcome to Pandora's Face. As you might have noticed, conditions are extraordinarily favorable right now for the formation of tornadoes. That's right. Those big, fast things that um, that tear up houses and stuff like that. So please be careful. There's a, a tornado watch in effect until I think like 10 o'clock tonight. That's what the, uh, I believe, what the automatic system that kicked in at about 6.15 was telling us, is that it's very dangerous out there. And so be ready to take cover. Watch out. The The weather could, even if we don't have... Uh, a tornado touching down in this listening area. It's pretty certain that there's a, a severe thunderstorm walking through this region, and you need to be careful, all right? And we'll try and warn you if anything else is going to happen. Actually, our automatic system will kick right in and, and warn everybody if anything really, really awful is going to happen, like Jeb Bush getting elected uh, to office or anything like that. Um, so, welcome to Pandora's Face. I want to thank Ed Space Shuttle for handing me a bunch of material long ago after one of his uh, monstrous Thanksgiving shows. He handed me some, you know, some Julia Child stuff and some, some discs that just say meat on them. Uh, the one I'm going to play now is from a, a compilation that Ed Special put together called War Meat Loops. Uh, yeah, there's loops on here, but actually this is loopy enough without being looped. Here's a couple of, of World War II propaganda films about, uh, well, one is warm time, warm time, wartime nutrition. But before we can even get to wartime nutrition, we need to hear this thing. It's called Home on the Range, and this is, this is all about uh, raising beef in, uh, in the struggle against Tojo and Hitler and Mussolini. Uh, Gall darn it, let's go. Yes, 
we like to sing about the beauty and the romance of the Old West. But there's a West you might not know about, just coming out in dude season. That's the workaday range country, busy making your beefsteaks and your lamb chops. There are two facts of life out here. One's grass, the other's water. There's no prettier water in the world than you'll find in the range country, coming down out of mountain snow. But there isn't always enough of it, and it isn't always in the right places. The idea is to get the grass and the water together where the cattle and sheep can use them. If nature doesn't provide, the rancher has to. We've been building a good bunch of water holes in the last few years. Puddles won't do out here. It takes a good big dam, and you got to move quite a pile of dirt. It's so costly, a lot of us couldn't hardly do it until the government rains program gave us a lift. Lots of places there's water underground, too. And with a little help from the rains program, we put in windmills and watering tanks. When you got water, you can spread your stock and use all the grass. Not just wear out the best rains close around the water holes and ruin it with erosion. You get more beef when the cows don't walk it all off going ten miles to get a drink. You get more beef on the herd when the grass is good. One of the things we're doing in the range program is to plow contour furrows across the slopes to make the rain soak in so the grass gets all the good of it. It's good grass and water that puts the beef on the scale, and it's pounds of beef over the scale that pay off. Naturally, we're looking for the kinds of grass that do best for us. And one new kind the range program has helped introduce is crested wheatgrass. There are other kinds adapted to various parts of the range country, too. They hold the soil. They're good for grazing. Some of them, like crested wheatgrass, are good for hay. I don't suppose Hollywood ever showed you a cow hen putting up hay, but we do it. We've even got it mechanized. Maybe the song says the skies are not cloudy all day, but the range country does get some mighty rough weather. And if you want a good calf crop and the beef poundage coming off the ranch every season, you don't just let the cows rustle through the winter. No, you feed them. Every stack of hay on the place is just like another insurance policy. If you read some of the storybooks, You'd think Bob Wireplum ruined the range country. Fact of the matter is, a good part of our job is keeping fences up in shape. You see, we're using Bob Wire to make the range country better. We keep the cattle off a different piece of it each year until the grass has made its seed and gotten a new start. Deferred grazing, we call it in the range program. Along with proper stocking, it's blue life into a lot of ranges. Good grass and water mean more lambs and wool, too. Sheep herding on the range is a hard, lonely life. Living in a wagon all season. Keeping the flock moving along to grass and water. Bringing them up to the shearing floor with thick fleeces to help keep the world warm. 
That's all part of the year's work in the range country, though. And our folks know their jobs. They're working harder now because so many things from the range country help in the war. Wool and mutton, beef and leather. We have to work harder. We're losing some of our hands, too, along with the rest of the country. You don't make a top cow hand in a month. No, nor in a year, either. You sure hate to see one leaving, but Uncle Sam's got first call on him. So we just look around for what help we can find. There's John Stans in Timber now. A little old for the warpath, maybe, but he's come down off the reservation to make a roundup hand. takes a lot of hands at Roundup, too. Out at daybreak, breakfast at the chuck wagon, and then get the horses in. Get a rope on the first pony in your string, and saddle up for the morning's work. be able to take it all day, but he'll wear out a couple of horses. Oh, oh he must have heard me. The boys have got to hunt all the draws and canyons for the cattle and get them bunched so they can rope and brand the calves. and you'll soon be back with Mama. You don't want to be a maverick, do you? A touch of the branding iron. Here's your shot of blackleg vaccine to keep you frisky. And off you go. Full-fledged quarter circle you. Yes, sir. Here's your beefsteak starting to you from out here in the range country. Good grass and water, and a lot of work and worry. Don't you forget it, have gone to make that beef. Here they come, the range country's contribution to feeding you and our fighting men and our working men. Food for freedom. Good, lean grass beef. Not fattened and finished yet into prime, but good stuff. The Army buys a lot of it just this way. The Middle West takes a lot of cattle to finish with corn and alfalfa in the feedlots. And then you've got as good beef as there is in the world. Part of the meat supply that makes America strong. Steaks and roasts. 
short ribs for these chaps building liberty ships. They're a long way from the Marines' country, but our meat's helping them slam the ships together to slam the hell out of Hitler. If we can't turn out the meat fast enough to keep the army fed and our friends fed and still put just the cut you'd like on your table every day, too, well, I guess you and I won't mind for a while to pass up a sizzling steak now and then in favor of sending plenty of good red meat to the lads in the tanks. A man wants regular rations for that work. Or coming down in parachutes behind enemy lines somewhere, maybe. enough meat to go around. It's just that the boys with the hardest jobs ought to have first call. I'll tell you one thing. Our boys out here on the range that raise the cattle and the fellas that feed them too. We aren't much used to Hitler's kind of talk. We don't aim to get used to it either. We've been brought up to believe one man's as good as another and Americans just as good as they come. Anyone that says different had better be ready to back his play. We're backing off. where millions are starving, America has become the breadbasket as well as the arsenal of democracy. Our farmlands and ranges must produce more food than ever before to supply our own needs and to help our fighting alive. In spite of record-breaking farm production, food requirements are mounting even faster, for American food is being used to defeat the Axis and shorten the war. Americans not in the armed forces will get less of the common foods to which they are accustomed. But by rationing, by sharing what we have, and by using our food supply wisely, our nation at war can still support a healthy, active people. Today, in the great human laboratory of England, the principles of nutrition are being conclusively proven. The subject of this great wartime experiment in food are not white mice or guinea pigs, but human beings fighting for their lives. The average English family has learned the value of food through years of wartime scarcity. Cheese and eggs have been rationed, and the supply of butter is limited to two ounces a week. But the English have learned to substitute. Vitamin preparations developed in the laboratory are added to some foods such as margarine to enrich the vitamin content. Foods such as the English wheatmeal loaf, dried peas, beans and cereals, have been recognized as nerve conditioners at a time when iron nerves are needed most. Vitamin B foods supply physical energy not only for those in combat duties, but also for English industrial workers who are turning out the weapons of war 
with the enemy only 20 miles away. Desk workers, also under strain, need energy food, too. Vitamin D foods, such as margarine, herring, and sardines, are widely used by adults in England. Cod liver oil and milk are distributed in special rations for children only. Imported fruits and vegetables are seldom seen in English markets. But fresh vegetables are grown in victory gardens everywhere. Old and young alike are mobilized for the job so that the home production of food in Britain has almost doubled. Since the outbreak of the war, six million additional acres of English soil have been put under cultivation. No patch is too small to start growing. Soldiers, when off duty, tend their own little plots in the shadow of their guns. For them, food is ammunition. A part of the food grown in English victory gardens is contributed to community kitchens, where balanced, nutritious meals are prepared for all. Because they are learning to use their food supply carefully, many people of Britain are better fed today than ever before. We in the United States have not had our food supplies bombed, burned, or torpedoed. Yet, many Americans are starving not for lack of food, but because of poor eating habits. In this restaurant, patrons could order nutritious food, but too many don't. Same today, miss? Yeah, I guess so. Draw one, two sinkers. Too many people eat the same kind of foods every day. Eat without pleasure, without variety, as a matter of routine. Quick lunches are the order of the day, and most of these are inadequate. Malnutrition resulting from habitual poor diet saps the strength of American manpower. Inefficiency results. In many cases, production has been slowed down because of layoffs and illness among workers who lack the physical stamina that good foods can build. A large proportion of defense workers suffer from unsuspected physical defects associated directly or indirectly with malnutrition. The strain of long, hard hours of work has increased the number of breakdowns. In army induction centers all over the nation, examining doctors found rejectees starved for the foods to give them the steady nerve the clear eye, the strength of bone and muscle to fight and win a war. Today, through the work of government and other agencies, millions of American workers are learning the simple facts of proper diet in a nationwide nutrition program. Dr. Thomas Parent, Surgeon General of the United States Public Health Service. Good nutrition and good health are inseparable. No one can do his full part in the war effort without good health. Realizing this fact, government agencies have joined in a national nutrition program and are working with your state, county, and city nutrition committees in their attack on local nutrition problems. You can help just by helping yourself to the right food. Make a real effort to choose a nutritious diet every day. To do this, every citizen should have a down-to-earth working knowledge of modern nutrition. Resolve now to study the daily nutritive requirements recommended by the National Nutrition Program. Study, too, the nutritive values of the many foods now available. You can be well-nourished by planning your daily diet carefully, by using wisely the many nutritious, unrationed foods, and by using your full share of ration foods. Every one of us must do this, for today we have no choice. War demands that no one waste food. War demands that we use the good foods available to us 
to build an armor of health. Appetite alone is not a safe guide to good nutrition. To teach the simple facts of good eating, public nutrition classes have been set up in churches, schools, and factories. With wise planning, good meals can be had at low cost. American women are learning how to prepare foods with greatest economy, with least waste of vitamin content, and how to substitute the foods we have for the foods we can't get. Above all, experts on food emphasize the importance of balanced diets, in which variety is essential. Every American worker should have three square meals each day, including foods such as milk and foods made with milk, eggs or other protein foods, and vitamin B foods such as cereal and whole wheat or enriched white bread. A good breakfast is important, but on the job, the worker's lunch pail must supply the necessary energy for the rest of the working day. Sandwiches of meat or peanut butter can be made more appetizing if fresh lettuce is included. Fresh fruits are valuable additions to the worker's noonday meal. In the evening, chicken, fish, liver, or sweetbreads are excellent main dishes with green leafy salad and cooked vegetables such as peas or carrots, milk, fruit, and vegetables are basic protective foods for Americans working longer, harder hours in offices and factories. To keep up health and morale, many war plants have set up central food kitchens to prepare appetizing, nutritious meals for the men who build the ships and make the guns. Whole wheat and enriched white bread are used in sandwiches with cheese, peanut butter, and different kinds of meat. The average worker needs twice as much green vegetables and fruits as he now consumes. So on the menu of most kitchens are vegetables such as carrots, spinach, cauliflower, and lima beans, and other inexpensive and often overlooked dishes such as squash, parsnips, and hot soups and stews, rich in many food essentials. Good food can increase the worker's efficiency on the job. Reduce accidents, waste, and absenteeism due to inadequate diet. The men of our armed forces eat one-fourth more food than they did in civilian life. And in the same way, workers transferring to war jobs from less strenuous work need better food and more of it. At work or at home, in restaurants and cafeterias, in their selection of foods, American workers choose the way to good or to poor health, build or undermine the strength of our nation. Eventual victory in this war may depend on what we eat. And given the national will to do it, we can build here in America a tougher, more vigorous nation, a nation with better morale and greater strength of mind than the world has ever known. Food can build a new America.
what hands can do, the joy and music they bring, their usefulness. Hands that build a home, a heart, cities, a nation. Hands for the great outdoors, moments of beauty. Hands for love, family, or prayer. Hands extended in fellowship. There are other hands extended across the seas where American soldiers fight. take so much for granted. Hands torn away by the likes of these. And these. For them, there are fists. The mighty hands of America doubled into fists of anger. The hands of millions of workers. Hands to give their skill and their love and their strength. Hands to grind, to fit, to hammer, to mold, to pour, to pour, to test, to build, to fight. Hands to deliver the knockout punch. There's bologna, bacon, patties, scrapple, pork loaf, Salami, liverwurst, head cheese, liver pudding, luncheon meat, and other favorites. Beef, veal, lamb, mutton, and pork. She'll buy ham. She'll buy pork chops, too. And she'll buy pork roasts. Next, fat with all the fat that will fry away in drippings with too much fat. Fat with only enough fat for flavor and tenderness. Fat fats. Huge quantities of fat formerly ended up in soap. And we all know the story of the rapid rise of fats. And relatively little fat. Too fat. And not too much fat. Fat is one sign of too much fat. Fat is in the housewife. Back fat is important too. In other words, the fat has a much heavier and a much more uneven covering of fat. Now take a look at the fat housewife. Again, that on the left is from the overfat. Only 17% fat compared to almost 25%. Notice the fat has a bigger eye muscle and less fat covering than that of the overfat, which is from the overfat, and is carrying too much fat to be suitable for the American housewife. Notice the fat internal fat. Extra fat shows up more in the American housewife. Notice the grease on the right, which came from another similar fat housewife. Can you blame the alert shopper for picking up some other type of meat? if she can't find good lean fat and for the same reason the fat 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 she wants she'll buy ham she'll buy pork chops too and she'll buy pork roasts she's a texas tornado and she come from laredo and she never could be true she's 
as cute as a daisy And she's driving me crazy And I don't know what to do All the boys hang around her Just like the honeybees But she just snaps her finger And they drop to their knees And though they try to persuade her She's a Texas tornado And she wants to be alone Until the right man comes along She's a Texas tornado and she come from Laredo and she likes to hear a hot guitar. couldn't resist playing Texas Tornado for you. It's 7 o'clock in the evening, Thursday night. What is this? May 25th, 2006. Face the music on Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Actually, it's Pandora's Face. We just did a half hour uh, for Mike Perini. Mike couldn't be here tonight. He asked me to take care of you and with some help from Ed Special and... Rex Allen singing about tornadoes. I hope we did the job. Um, Home on the Range and Wartime Nutrition and Hands, three different uh, World War II propaganda film soundtracks, and then a whole bunch of stuff about lunch meat, beef, veal, lamb, mutton, pork, ham, chops, roast, and fat. <laughs> Thank you, Ed Special, for making this available to us. Just the perfect way to... Uh, begin the evening. Well, uh, that tornado stuff, well, what that's about is that there is a, um, officially speaking now, I'm not making this up, there is a an official tornado watch in effect until I believe 10 o'clock tonight. Conditions are quite favorable for the formation of tornadoes and certainly for nasty weather. We're expecting some uh, pretty rowdy weather to come kicking through here in a few minutes in this listening area. You may be already experiencing both the WCBN signal and said uh, rowdy weather simultaneously. 
Uh, with this in mind, we thought we'd open up a, 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 a typically pixelated hour where you're going to be hearing all kinds of different music in succession. It's going to, as a core sample of the human condition, human noise and music and stuff. We'd like to begin with something from Johann Sebastian Bach. The, um, the idea is, in Face the Music, is that everything we play is potentially the national anthem. So this is called Magnificat. And I, I like that a lot, Magnificat, as for, uh, for all felines, and it's also uh, for you. This is your national anthem for about uh, 